Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the senior pastor here. I'm so glad that you're with us today. And uh, we're in, like Pastor Will said, we're in week four of our message series, Peace Out, we've been talking about um, how God wants us to say peace out to worry, fear, and anxiety. And up until today, we've been talking about how we can have that sense of inner peace. But today, we're going to turn the tables. Today, we're going to talk about how other people can have the kind of peace that only God can bring. So, um, uh, those of you that follow me on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, you know that about a month ago, I went on a mission trip to South Africa. And I mean, it was, it was an incredible trip. Um, I loved it. And, you know, in part of that trip, one of the things we did was we went to some of the poorest communities in all of South Africa. Um, and we would you know, share the gospel with people in these communities. We'd just, you know, walk up to people and, you know, share Christ with them. Um, and so the, the places where we went, honestly, these, these basically were just shanty towns uh, where there would be hundreds of thousands of people crammed in this small little area, and they, their houses were made out of cardboard or sheet tin or plywood or just, you know, really whatever they could find, and they were pressed up against one another almost as if the walls of one could help hold up the walls of another. Um, and so I brought some pictures with me of, these, of this place where we went, so let's go ahead and put those up there, and so you can kind of see how condensed and how packed and just how poor it is as we kind of scroll through these pictures you can see what it, what it looked like, and there's just debris everywhere and, you know, open sewage. Uh, it's, just, it, it's just the place where it was because that's just the community that these people lived in. And so every day, our team of people, we would go to these shanty towns, and we would just walk up and down the streets and find people that were there and just share the gospel with them. I'm telling you, like, this trip was, like, really good for boldness, Right? And so, uh, you know, we went, and I remember one day we went and just found, saw this guy. He was sitting on a five-gallon bucket smoking a cigarette. And so, you know, we just walked up to him and started talking to him. And, uh, you know, we started asking questions about his life, you know, like who he was, you know, where he's from, you know, how long had he lived here, and uh, does he have any family, and does he have a job, you know, just that kind. Of, we got to know him a little bit. And then we told him some things about us let him get to know us a little bit. And so we talked to him eventually about Christ and what Jesus had done for us and how Jesus could change his life too. And I wish I could tell you that like he just fell on his knees right there and said, Jesus saved me. Okay, but that's not what happened. Instead, what he told us was, was that he had been to Catholic church when he was a kid and he had taken a confirmation class. And because he'd taken a confirmation class, that's why he was going to go to heaven. And we, we, we tried to explain to him that, look, taking a class about Jesus is not the same as having a relationship with Jesus. And that he needed a relationship with Christ. He needed the person of Christ to come into his life to receive his forgiveness so he could go to heaven. But he just, he just wasn't at a place in his life where he was ready. And so eventually after our conversation went on for a while, he just said, you know, hey, I've got some things to do, and, uh, and, and, and he, just, he just walked off. And I, I really believe that, 
I've been praying for him that, that the Lord would have just used our conversation to plant a seed in his heart that maybe someday somebody else would come along and tell him about Christ and that he would be at a place where he'd be ready at that point. But a- after he walked away, I mean, I-, I thought about our encounter with him and my, my thought was, this guy had no hope for his future. I mean, he, he, he was just, he'd been in this shantytown since 2002, 16 years. And his whole family lived in a whole other country, and every time, whenever he had a job, he would send money back. But at this stage of the game, he didn't have a job. And so he'd been there 16 years, and although he never said the words, the truth is, he had very little hope that anything in his life was going to change. And for him, he was just living day to day, and the days had turned to months, the months had turned to years, and the years had turned to decades. And he was there with little hope, little, little chance for his future, and honestly, just little vision to see things change. And he missed it. He missed, he missed the one opportunity that he had that day to do the one thing that would genuinely change his life. The one thing that would genuinely give him hope. The one thing that could really alter his existence and alter his eternity. And that's to accept Jesus in his life. But he missed it. He missed it. And as I thought about it, and then I thought about the whole experience, the truth is, I mean, our, look, our community's not that much different. Now, in our community, nobody lives in a shanty, okay? I, 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 I get that. But here's the deal. People in our community, they exist day to day, and those days turn into months, those months turn into years, and those years turn into decades. And what gets accomplished? For so many people in our community, you know, what changes? Like, like the bottom line of their 401k? You know, they move into a bigger house? They upgrade their car? Right, to, to what end? I mean, is the, is the point of it all just simply to get a bigger house and get a newer car? I mean, there's got to be more to existing than just all of that. And, and as I've thought about it, you know, whether a person lives in a shanty town in South Africa or where they live in the suburbs of Katy, our needs as people are pretty much the same. And there's got to be more of this life than just existing day to day. So listen, for, so for those of us who are Christ followers, I think sometimes we forget what it, life is like without Christ. Some of us have been Christ followers for so long that we forget what life is like without Christ. We forget what it's like to lie in bed at night and look at the ceiling and wonder, is there more than just this? Like, we, we forget what it's like to go to a funeral and wonder, is there really something on the other side? We forget what it's like to live with the uncertainty of, is there really a God? Or are we really just the product of evolutionary development? We forget what that's like because we just, as Christ follows, we've just lived with the truth for a really long time. But we, we can't forget that people live without that kind of eternal peace. And part of our roles as Christ followers is to help other people find that kind of peace. 
want you to look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It's your first verse there. It's in your message notes. I want you to look at it. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look, and that's what the guy in South Africa didn't have. That's what so many people in our community don't have. They don't have peace with God. But that's the very thing that they need. And the vision of Parkway Fellowship has always been to reach the lost at any cost and grow them to maturity. And when Parkway Fellowship started, God gave us a vision of ministering to 10% of our community every single week. And you might not know this, but between 2,700 and 3,000 people attend Parkway Fellowship on any given weekend. That's pretty awesome. And, and look, and while that's exciting and that's really encouraging, there are still so many more people out there that need to be reached for Christ. And God wants to use you, and he wants to use me to do it. And because our Heavenly Father wants to use us to bring our world, our peace of the world, the, the peace that they so desperately need. Not just an inner peace, but peace with God. So, how can God use me to bring peace to my part of the world? Well, there's, there's two things that God wants to um, change in me, and there's two things that God wants to do through me. So here's the first thing that God wants to change in me. Number one is this. Write this down. I need to see my city like Jesus does. I need to see my city like Jesus does. Ironically, there was a day in the life of Jesus when he approached his city, Jerusalem, and he looked at his community, and he saw how empty their hearts were. He saw them, as, and he wept over the city. And so I want you to look, look what happens. It's in, uh, it's in Luke chapter 19, beginning of verse 41. Because he realized that they were just existing day to day. No hope for their future. And so, as he approached the city, here's what happens. Luke 19, 41, it says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you had only known on this day, what would bring you peace? But now, it's hidden from your eyes. See, look, see, Jesus knew that the majority of people in his community, they didn't know God. He knew that the vast majority of people, they didn't have peace in their hearts toward God. And it broke his heart. And he wept. And he wept because he knew that they did not have a peace with God that could come only through Christ. Only through himself. That's, that's what he knew. And here's the ironic thing about this passage. Here's the extraordinary thing about this passage. Do you know the context in which this occurs? The context in which this occurs is that this is Palm Sunday. On, this is the day that Jesus rides into the city of Jerusalem on the foal of a donkey, and people are laying palm branches down in front of the donkey so that not even the donkey's hooves touch the dirt. And they're, man, they're, they're cheering, and they're applauding, and they're, they're proclaiming Hosanna, and they're, they're cheering for Christ. As he approaches 
the city and comes into the city. And it's in the midst of all of this applause, in the midst of all these accolades, in the midst of all of this, that somewhere along the way, Jesus pulls the donkey over and looks at the city and his heart breaks and he begins to weep because he can see into the hearts of all people. He knows that they don't have peace with God. And you know, I mean, like, I wonder if like the people that are that are right around him when, when this happens, like they just look at Jesus. They're like, "Why in the world? Why is this guy getting so emotional? I mean, why is he getting so choked up? Why why isn't he just you know blowing the crowd kisses and you know living it up? Because everybody's just cheering wildly for him. I'll tell you why. It's because Jesus could see the city for what it really was. They were empty. They were just living day to day, month to month, year to year, without much hope of things changing. They didn't have peace with God, and it broke Jesus' heart wide open. Look, and so for you and me, like, we need to see our city like Jesus does. Last week, I was, uh, I was at a parent meeting for you know, football players at uh, Ben's Junior High School, and, uh, I mean, there was tons of people in this room because, you know, there was a big coach thing. And so there's more than 100 parents in this room, and some of them had brought their kids with them. And so, you know, the football coaches are talking. And, I mean, all these parents, they're pumped. Man, we're, I mean, they're excited about this, this upcoming season because, you know, we think our junior high team's going to be good. So we're juiced up and pumped up. And I, and I, and, and I was just, as I was sitting there in this, looking at this crowd of people, because I was kind of off to the side, I was looking at this crowd of people, I remembered this passage because I knew that I was speaking on this in a couple weeks. And I thought about this. And I thought about Jesus. And I thought about all the people. And I just looked at him and I thought, I wonder how many of them don't know Christ. I wonder how many of them are so excited about football but have no idea that they're missing it. That they're missing that inner peace that they so desperately need. Look, so for you, learn to see our city like Jesus does. So look, the next time you're in a, in a big crowd, you know, at a football game or at a basketball game or a volleyball game or at a band concert or, you know, at a play or wherever you are, the next time you're in a big crowd, I just take a moment at some point and see it like Jesus does. Even amongst all the cheering and all the applause and all the excitement, take a moment and just realize that most of the people there probably don't have a relationship with Christ. Probably most of the people there are missing it. That they don't have that inner peace with God because they don't have a relationship with Christ. Now look, you don't necessarily, you know, have to fall down and start weeping like right there, okay? Although that would be a very Jesus-like thing to do, it would be weird, okay? Uh, so I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is, is let God give you the eyes to see our community like he does, to see our city like he does. That's one thing he wants to change in us, okay? Here's the second thing he wants to change in us. Number two is this. I didn't remember that, I need to remember that peace is not a feeling, it's a person. Peace is not a feeling, it's a person, I want you to look at this next passage. It's in Ephesians, 
um, chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away from God are brought near through the blood of Christ's death. And I want you to underline the rest of this. Christ himself is our peace. Christ himself is our peace. See, most people think that peace is a feeling, okay? They think that it's a peaceful, easy feeling that won't let you down, okay? That's what most people think. And now look, while that's a, a, a nice sentiment and a really catchy song, it's just not true. Because it's not a feeling. Real peace is a person. And you know, you might be having a good day, you might be going through a good season in your life, you might not be experiencing any trouble, okay? But that's not the same as actually having true inner peace. Because peace isn't a feeling. It's a person, and it's a person of, of Jesus Christ. Because that kind of inner peace you can only get through a relationship with him. Now, why? Why, why does a relationship with Christ bring inner peace? Well, it brings inner peace because once you accept Christ into your life, from that, from that point forward, that means that God is on your side. And if God is for you, the Bible says, who could be against you? And so that brings a sense of peace. Secondly, when you, be, when you become a Christ follower, from that point forward, you have an assurance that you will go to heaven when you die. And you don't have to doubt that. You have an assurance that that is true. And that brings a great sense of inner peace. But most people don't live with that sense of peace because they've never chosen to step across that line to become a Christ follower. And so look, let me just, let me just ask you. Have you made that step? Have you stepped across the line to become a Christ follower yet? Because remember, peace isn't a feeling, it's a person. And the only thing that's going to get you to heaven is the forgiveness of Christ. Because look, good works aren't going to get you there. And the reason good works aren't going to get you there is because at some point in your life, you've sinned. I've sinned. Everybody's sinned. And once you and I sin, then we are no longer perfect people, and we cannot get to heaven on our own merit. We have to receive forgiveness. And Jesus is the only one that offers that forgiveness because of his death on a cross. And so if you've never accepted his forgiveness, I want you to do that today. There's a prayer. It's in your message notes. I want you to take a moment, and I want you to take, pray that prayer, and I want you to pray it right now. Now, if you've already prayed that prayer before, if you've already become a Christ follower and you already have that assurance, I need you to remember, peace is not just a feeling. Like, it's a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. It always has been. Always will be. And so that's the, the change that God wants to make in my mind, okay? Now, those are the two things he wants to change in me. Here's the two things that God wants, to, wants me to do or wants to do through me. Here's the first thing. And this is how we can help people in our part of the world, find peace with God. Two things, and this is filling number three. Go in for 10. I want you to go in for 10. In two weeks, we're kicking off a big fall campaign series called Won't You Be My Neighbor, okay? And yeah, it's a play off that old Mr. Rogers neighborhood theme. Like, I, I get it. But here's the deal. We live in the fourth largest city in America, and even though we're surrounded by people, even though there are huge crowds of people everywhere, even though our schools are gigantic, even though 
there's, there's traffic everywhere and everything seems like it's congested, people in our community are more lonely than they've ever been. Even though we're surrounded by people, most people come home every day, they pull into their garage, they close the door, and they barely know their neighbors. So in this series, we're going to talk about how God wants to combat loneliness in our lives by helping us know our neighbors, become good neighbors, and find good neighbors. And I'm not talking about just the people that live next door to you. The Bible's definition of a neighbor is way bigger than that. I mean, it is going to be an amazing series. I am so excited about what God's going to teach us through that series. This is going to be great. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in for 10. What I mean by that is I want you to write down the names of 10 people that don't go to church anywhere, that, don't, that you don't know whether they know God or not, maybe you know they don't, and I want you to write down their names, and there's a place listed there for you in the bulletin, and I want you to commit to pray for them and invite them to come to this next series. So look, because look, God wants to reach our community through us. I want you to look at what, the, what God says to us in this next passage of scripture. In Luke chapter 14, 23, it says this. Then the master told his servant, go out in the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. And that's God's heart. So look, would you adopt God's heart as your heart and go in for 10? Because I believe that if you'll, take, if you'll make the time to pray for these people, then when you invite them, God will hyperactivate that invitation. Your invitation will be stronger. It'll be more appealing, and they'll have a much better chance of saying yes. So I want you to write down the names of 10 people. Hopefully you've already started that list. But write their names down or their initials down or whatever you want to do, and I want you to put that list somewhere where you're going to see it every day. Put it on your mirror. You know, put it on the, you, you know, your, the side of your computer at your work. Put it in your Bible. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it every day, and you pray for these people and invite them to come to this next series, okay? And there's also a, a stack of invite cards that are in your seat. Use these invite cards to invite people to come. And if these are in packs of five, and so if you're going to invite all ten of them this week, then great, then reach to the seat that's vacant near you and grab another pack of invite cards. But they'll be available this week and next week. Use these invite cards to invite people to come to this series, people that you're praying for, okay? All right, here's the last thing God wants me to do. Number four, God wants me to go public with my faith. He wants me to go public with my faith. Let's look at this next verse, love it. In Romans chapter one, verse 16, it says this, says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Look, well, let me just be honest. There's tons of ways that you can go public with your faith. There's tons of ways that you can do it. So we're not gonna cover them all, but I wanna tell you two ways that you can go public with your faith that don't require you to be brave. Two ways that don't require you to be brave, okay? Here's the first thing. Uh, and, and these things will help you start conversations with people if you want. They don't have to, but God has used them in our church to be effective in the past and we'll use them again. So here's the first thing I want you to do. First thing I want you to do, I want you to go put a window, de parkway window decal on your car. Go put this on your car. They're available, they're out in the lobby, they're free, but put this on your cars. And here's why I want you to do it. There are two families in our church right now. They come to church here, 
And God used a window decal to reach them. Here's what happened. They relocated to our community, and they were, you know, driving around just trying to, you know, get to know our community and trying to figure out where things were, you know, where's the grocery store, where's the vet, you know, where's, you know, whatever, uh, you know, nail place, you know, cleaners or whatever, trying to get to know where things are. And both of them told me this story, that they were talking to one another, like, you know what, maybe we ought to start going to church somewhere around here, too. And as they were having this conversation of, you know, where we should, should we start going to church? And if so, where? They, they pulled up to a red light. The car in front of them had a Parkway Fellowship sticker on the back. They looked at each other and they said, you think God's telling us something? And so they came and they loved it. And they're part of our church today. All because of a window decal. I'm telling you, look, you never know what God is going to use. But I'll tell you this, he'll never use it if you don't put it on your car. Now, look, here's the deal. That window decal is not going to get you out of any tickets, all right? It's probably not going to change how you drive, okay? That's between you and Jesus. But I'll tell you this. Put it on your car and see what God will do through you to kind of, because you just never know. The conversation is that God's going to start because of it, okay? Here's the second thing I want you to do. I want you to go wear some Parkway Fellowship gear these next couple weeks, especially these next couple weeks. Go wear some Parkway Fellowship gear. Out in the lobby, we've got um, our Parkway Fellowship logo t-shirts as well as the campaign t-shirts for this next series. They're, they're for sale in the lobby. Uh, look, and it's not about, and you need to hear my heart on this. It's not about promoting the park, okay? It's not about promoting the church. It's about people finding Christ. And we, and look, and we know that Parkway Fellowship is one of the places that people regularly find a relationship and grow in a relationship with Christ. And so we want you to wear some Parkway Fellowship gear because we want to give God as many tools to work with to reach as many people as he can. That's why we price the t-shirts at only $5. We're not making any money on this. We're losing money on those things. But they're out there for you. But I'm telling you, you never know what God's going to use. And so you might be in a restaurant, you might be at a ball game, you might be somewhere, and you've got your Parkway Fellowship gear on. You never know the conversations that other people are having with themselves. They see you wearing your gear, or see other people wearing their gear, and they're like, I wonder what all the buzz is about. Maybe we should go check it out. And they could come. But bottom line, look, today, you need to understand that the majority of people in our community, they're just living day to day. Week to week, year to year. And those years turn into decades. And they need to find peace with God. And God wants to use you and he wants to use me to reach them, to reach our part of the world so they can have true peace. Bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for us all. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I come to you on the behalf of of the 10 people that are on everybody's list today. Whoever those 10 people are, you know their names, you know their hearts, you know exactly what they are experiencing, you know what they're going through, you know what they're searching for, and I ask that you would begin to prepare their hearts even now to be open to an invitation to come, and that they would come, and that through our invitations and through our willingness to go public, that you would not just change us, but you would literally change the spiritual landscape of our community. And do that for your glory. 
Use us to help people in our world find peace. Peace with you through Christ. Use me. Use every person listening, live and online. Use us this, these next two weeks to do that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.